Welcome to the Keeping Kids Safe podcast. My name is Karen Cohn. I am the co-founder of the Zach Foundation for Children's Safety. This is your number one resource for all things related to your child's emotional, physical, and social well-being. Now I'd like to introduce my co-host and my friend, the executive director of the Zach Foundation for Children's Safety, Megan Ferraro. Hi, Megan. Hi, Karen. How are you? It's so great to see you today. Hi, Megan. It's so great to see you as well. I know, and I'm so excited to welcome Dr. Miriam Lynch, the Executive Director of Diversity and Aquatics, to our show today. Hi, everybody. It is great to be connected here with you both. It's so great to have you back on the show. Um, Listeners, you may remember Dr. Lynch joined us I don't know, six to nine months ago, sharing her story and sharing why she decided to become a leader in water safety and drowning. And she shared a lot about her um, organization, Diversity in Aquatics. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, go back and listen to it. It's a really inspiring episode, but we're really excited to have you here with us today, Miriam, to learn more about what you've been up to and to talk about the Juneteenth holiday. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me and to be able to do this. I think it's so important to uh, bridge aquatics with what is happening on this day and what it means to the community and ways that you can outreach into your communities through this holiday. So thank you for having me on that. Thanks for being here. So um, why don't we start off by having you tell us a little bit about the Juneteenth holiday and how Um, members of the aquatics and drowning prevention community can participate in a meaningful and helpful way. Absolutely. Well, first, I think it's important to start off with what is Juneteenth and understanding uh, what it means to us in historic means and then going through why we're doing an event on this special day for us is Juneteenth, as you know, is a federal holiday and it creates a, it's based upon uh, commemorating the, and I'm going to say this, hope I say this, emancipation of enslaved African-Americans. And this day is marked by uh, in Texas, this was the announcement uh, that in Galveston, Texas, it's a coastal area, we're talking about aquatics, and they were one of the last to be freed um, during that time. So we marked this to show that this was, it's a joyous occasion, it is something to be celebrated, and that Uh, what it means in American history as a part of the um, emancipation of enslaved people. And so, uh, and understanding that was when we were truly all free. And so for us at Diversity in Aquatics, we do an event that is called Juneteenth for Joy. Understanding where Galveston, Texas is, it's a coastal area, and bringing aquatics into this space is so very important. And uh, for that is that we celebrate it by being near the water. And for us, we're doing a meditation right on the beach. Uh, We are going to be talking about what does the water mean? What is the water a part of our wellness? What is the water part of the healing 
um, in our communities. Because we, for us at Diversity Aquatics, it's so important to really having uh, joy around the water because we understand what the statistics have said, especially about African-American communities and Hispanic communities and what the impact has been but being able to utilize this holiday as a milestone marker to celebrate the water and to celebrate our relationship to the water and educate about the culture and what it meant culturally to people um, is so important in this space. So that's what we're doing on Juneteenth. Uh, one of our big uh, areas in which we will be doing this meditation and learning about the culture and relationship with water is going to be actually on a historic beach that was, it's called the Don D. Mazelle Beach in Fort Lauderdale. And what we're calling it is Building Black Utopias. And uh, it's going to be at 9.30 a.m. till noon. And uh, right there, beautiful area, and being able to celebrate um, being in, near, and around the water. Wonderful. It's amazing uh, how you really are able to inject joy and enthusiasm into so many different areas of your work. It's really inspiring. Not, and that's so, what it is. But go ahead. So Karen, can we ask you, is it open to anyone who can attend? Um, do we want to um, tell, you know, encourage our listeners to come and participate or uh, how's that working? So there's two ways is that you can follow it on social media. So we'll be going live at the event. That's a way to participate in it. And then also if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area and you're by the Don D. Mazelle and Eula Johnson State Park, please come and participate and be a part of that community of sharing. We'd love to have you. It's about uh, 10 minutes outside of Fort Lauderdale City, right there on the beach, be able to see this, uh, be in the sun, be around people, be a part of fellowship in that environment. So anybody is welcome. You don't have to have swimming experience um, to be a part of it because we'll have dry land activities as well as being in the water activities too. Exciting. Um, we'll have to follow along on social media. I don't think Either of us will be able to make it to Florida this weekend, but but I will be following along virtually and sending great vibes your way. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, I think it's important is that we, you know, in aquatics, sometimes we, we only do aquatic-based um, celebrations, but utilizing opportunities like this to share a history, to share and highlight, and uh, to pass generationally the stories um, of joy and our relationship to water is one of the things that we can do to build further relationship to water safety, right? It doesn't have to be exclusive in our communities. It can really be inclusive. And that's why we're doing this event is that to show the inclusivity and show the relationship of water to this event, because we know there's a history behind water. We know that uh, in the past that we come from generations that were pearl divers. And when the transatlantic slave trade happened is that that became a disjointed. It was part of culturally water was part of birth. Water was part of 
all the things that we did and during that uh the transatlantic slave trade it was it was taken away and to bring it back and and to celebrate uh and highlight and tell those stories are going to be so important for generations to generations, just as we do in American history to be able to say like, hey, you know, George Washington and the cherry tree, and we have it a part of our folklore and we have it a part of our generational stories that are passed down. This creates an opportunity for communities to be involved in this way um, and to really talk about that story because a lot of times in your history books being in public education we don't have that small element to talk about water in this way and so that's what this event is about it's exciting because this is only the second time that our country has celebrated juneteenth is that right yes this is the second time that the country is celebrated but actually for us in diversity aquatics this is our third time doing this type of event because juneteenth has actually been celebrated in communities it is the first time it is the second time as you said megan that it's being celebrated on a federal level and as a federal holiday and i think that's so important too right and you're shaping shaping the way the aquatics and and just to everyday communities engage in this important day of recognition. Um, and so as we think about, you know, you have this exciting event um, on Sunday, what else have you been up to? I mean, I, I'm just thinking back as I was preparing for our meeting today about all you've done for the Zach Foundation in the last you know, several years, but certainly um, you participated in the California Water Safety Coalition Summit a few months ago, and I was so inspired and moved by your presentation and just looking around the room and seeing how you captivated the minds of, you know, 150 people was so incredible. And so I was hoping you might be able to share with us a little bit about your presentation and, and how you felt that went. It was such a unique experience for us. Absolutely. Well, first, I want to say thank you to the Zach Foundation for putting us in place and being able to participate in that manner with a California Water Safety Summit. And for us, what we wanted to do was create the bridge. Um, just as we were talking about with Juneteenth, this is the bridge to connecting what we know in this space of DEI to understanding it's not a big lift of what we're doing. It is just making, getting into the channels to reach communities and also having a similar definition because I think all of us have something different in how we bring diversity and equity and inclusion into this space. But it was an opportunity uh, to all be a part of the discussion, allow free thought, um, allow different story sharing and more in that environment. So uh, I was joined by four amazing, all four of us had an amazing opportunity to be there. Uh, Dr. Angela Beal-Tafik helped lead it off as she always does. She's a dynamic speaker and nobody kicks it off like Dr. Angela Beal-Tafik in setting the stage. And then we were joined by um, the chief uh, performance officer from U.S. Water Polo, John Abdu, who talked about in that space, and that was so important, right, to not only think of just swimming, but to also show how other sports engage in this space. And then, of course, you know, Byron Davis, who is a national champion, and hearing his story and how he came into aquatics and how it was, it, 
when we talk about bringing into this space, how his coach brought him into this space of aquatics was so important and understanding his history and his story and all that came out of the direction that could have gone he could have gone way off into a different direction but it was an individual his coach who made that trek back and forth to the pool picking him up to help support and get him into the sport and then later on for him to journey and be the national champion is what we all are doing in this space right we're all willing to go that extra mile because we want kids we want youth to be safe but we also want them to have the opportunities and so having uh the dynamic group that was there just fueled that discussion um with the group to talk about it and to be free to talk about it and to have a safe space to talk about it. I think sometimes when we get into the work of DEI or what we call Jedi work, not like the Star Wars, but Jedi, and it is almost like, this is what Beale said, right? It almost is almost Jedi work that you learn about from Star Wars because you're doing the, you're the hero. You're going to be the leader to carry that torch and to be the example. And sometimes you have to go alone in it. And sometimes you have to go against what is the norm because for us to do things that are out of the box, we have to have out of the box leaders. And I take that from Dr. Beal Tafik who led us off in that and to have that work, but we needed a safe space to do so. And that's what it was created. And that was our aim for the California Water Safety Summit is to create a safe space to say, you know what, I really don't know what this is. I'm not sure, or is this the right way I should do it? And that is where we get great discussions and we had some real, like, I think we ran over <laughs> during our time Good. because everybody had different ways of how they approach it. They all had different ways in how they saw it and what they brought to the table. But what we saw in the beauty of diversity and one of the slides that we show, we may have different ideas, but we all have the same truth in what we're trying to do. And I think we saw that in each other and we fed that off of all 150 of us in that room. You know, when we had somebody say, hey, actually, I see this in my space or I have questions in this and problem solving together was the way to go. And that's what we're just trying to offer for spaces when we're talking about water safety, are those spaces so that people can share their truths and help each other get to those next levels. And so I really, I think the my fellow panelists that were with me to help drive that story. And I really thank Zach Foundation and the summit um, organizers for, for allowing us that much space to be able to have fruitful discussions. And I look forward to doing more because there's more work, right? It, that was just the intro. There's more work to be done um, to, so that we can really create uh, true equity in aquatics. Absolutely. It was really inspiring. And even hearing you reflect back on your experience, it's exciting. So when you think about this, the, the next, you know, three or four months here of leading into summer, and you, I know you have a lot of exciting things on your plate. Um, I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about some of those exciting things, but also tell us about how some of our listeners might be able to engage and be supportive of your efforts. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing has been for us is that our organization, uh, whatever is put into our organization, we put back into communities and still, you know, through the generous efforts through the Zach Foundation, we are still able to do that in communities. We just got done with a water safety event in Texas Southern University. And that was a huge success because of partnerships like this. And I thank the Zach Foundation for contributing to that because we were directly able to hit a community that what we call is in an aquatic desert. And what we found out through our efforts is that many times uh, we have mechanisms in place that can eliminate that barrier. We had Texas University, the pool hadn't been utilized um, for a number of years and to be able to reactivate it so that now there's a community center of aquatics that's so very important. So people, and when you're thinking about contributing, we could use help. We can use volunteers, of course, financials, um, and then also material items, because whatever we get, we put back out. And that's to us is the end goal. If we can get kids safer and to have joy around the water, that is our goal. Right. Because we know when you have a positive relationship, it's like going to class. Right. And if you love that teacher, you're you're not going to miss that teacher for anything. You're going to make sure, hey, I'm going to get to Miss um, Cohen's class every day because she's such a dynamic speaker. I love being here. That's how we want kids to have the relationship with the water. We want kids to be able to say, mom, dad, I have swim lesson. Let's go. I got to go and be able to do and have that joy. And so that was one of the events. And then we're looking forward to the UN Water Safety Day that is coming up on July 25th. And so what we're doing there, which is really exciting with our partners, of course, we just had a partnership with USA Swimming and with the American Red Cross that's come about. And so for us, one of the big things that has happened is the lifeguard shortage. And Megan, you and I were on a call talking about that, right? And so we see our partnership as a part of the solution towards it. And what we have asked for, American Red Cross has donated all the certification books towards uh, getting kids from this high school. It's called Stranahan High School. And we are working with athletic groups at Stranahan High School to get them certified in either being a lifeguard or a water safety instructor. And their graduation is going to be on July 25th. It's so great. And guess what? The kids get to get involved. They're going to be the ones. So we're training them while we're training them and building a positive relationship with the water while we're certifying them. They're going to be the facilitators of our water safety event. So then we create for that community a true community event because it's kids from the community walking out with certifications, being able to make a direct impact to the youth um, and teach them to be water safe and, and have examples, right? Like, oh my gosh, that's my big brother or that's my neighbor who's my lifeguard, right? So that's really what creating a whole community approach means, right? When you're really digging in and you're creating a life cycle. 
But I wanted to go back to something you said earlier. Um, I wonder if you can explain to our listeners what an aquatic desert is. Of course, Karen and I know what that is, but I don't know if everyone does. So maybe you could take a minute to explain that. Oh, absolutely. So when we talk about aquatic desert is that an area that doesn't have access to safe aquatic areas, meaning a pool um, or a lake that has a designated a water, uh, water area per activity area. Um, in Houston, even though they back to the Gulf of Mexico, um, many of the kids have not had that opportunity to go. And even more so when you back up to that is that, do we have mechanisms and facilities in place to help prepare for safe participation in that area? So what we find is that when there's an area that doesn't have, there's a radius of, there's no aquatics, no pool, splash park, anything in those neighborhoods, we don't have mechanisms in which to uh, tangibly participate in the water safety lessons in the water. Well, you can do water safety outside the water, and I want to clarify that, but being in an aquatic desert means that you can't walk to, there's not easy transportation to, there's not a way to get accessible, to make the water more accessible to you. That's a great explanation, and we're hearing lots of conversations about how to improve access to um, aquatic environments for folks that do live in areas that are considered aquatic deserts. Um, but it's such an interesting term and um, not one that, that I think many people are aware of. Yeah, I think that's, it's something new. And I will say from my experience in education, a lot of times our conversations on the admin level is that when we see things that are um, challenges in student behavior, we have to look at the environment, right? And so for us at Diversity in Aquatics, and we talked about it during our last podcast, is understanding the environment in which is leading to the disparities that we see today. And it's not just an individual who's like, we see the disparities, but then we have to look, okay, is there a pool? Are there, what are the social determinants that are supporting those disparities, right? So is there a pool in the area? Is water safety a part of the curriculum in the school? Is, um, are there, what kind of heroes or local people are in place to help to facilitate that? Um, we have to, to understand the behaviors and what we see, we have to understand where it's coming from. And so in education, a lot of times what we've seen is that we call it food deserts, right? When you don't have fresh produce and groceries. And that's the same thing that's happening in aquatics. If we're going to change the narrative of how, of where we are today in the disparities, we have to not look at just the individual. We have to look in the environment, which is impacting that individual's choice towards aquatics. It's so important because we know that the drowning rates in Houston specifically are much higher than average. In fact, as we were talking, I just typed in and I'm seeing story after story, sadly, of different different drowning deaths. Um, I'm seeing a 15-year-old boy, a four-year-old child, a 57-year-old Hispanic man. Um, so we know that, and that's just in the, in the last three or four days in Houston. And so the fact that you're going into these um, aquatic deserts and into communities with a much higher than average rate of drowning is so important. You're really digging into where, where you can have the biggest impact. It's exciting to see. 
we can't do it alone. That's the big thing is that we need volunteers. We need a lot of it is, as I said, uh, for us, we're 100% volunteer organization. And that's because any dollars that are fundraised or that are donated or that are granted that we go for, go back into doing these programs. They're not, it's, it's, there is a cost, right? That comes with it. Because not only are we providing for, in these aquatic deserts, trying to reopen a pool, which has cost of lifeguards, has a cost if there's not lifeguards in place. We are working to train lifeguards, which is what we did in Houston. And then think about this. If we're in an aquatic desert and swimming isn't a part of your narrative, what else are you missing? Suits. You're missing caps, goggles, those the gear, right? So we're we're trying to eliminate as many barriers as we can do, but we can't do that without assistance from people like the Zach Foundation who have helped us immensely towards eliminating those barriers so that when a child comes in and they're like, I want to participate, I heard about this water safety event, and but I don't have a suit, we don't have to turn them, uh, the kids away. And I also credit um, our partners, as well as some as some of our partners who are members. So we've had NABs there, the National Black Scuba Divers Association participate and show all the different things you can do in aquatics. We had water polo. John Adu came back and joined us and he talked about water. And the kids had so much joy because we're not only talking about swimming to save your life, but once you've you've done this, to continue into it. And how does that make an impact to keep a child, like we said, that classroom effect, right? Is that you want to come back because guess what? I played water polo today and oh my gosh, I saw a scuba diver go underwater. That was so cool. Like to have that as a tactile thing for kids is amazing, but we can't do it without special help. And so please feel free to email us, uh, look us up on our website to join and help and participate because again, it goes right back into our communities. Karen, did I miss anything from, from our list of questions? I don't think so. I, I think you've got a full summer ahead of you, Miriam, and thank you for sharing all that you're doing this coming summer. And thank you for being a part of the California Water Safety Coalition because your work is an integral part of improving the aquatics community for sure and the only other thing i wanted to add is that un world day is also megan's birthday world drowning prevention day is also megan's birthday <laughs> fitting <laughs> i'm gonna be celebrating with with some some swimming lessons somewhere i think i'm gonna go visit karen and we'll go do some community events that day <laughs> Hey, that's as an executive fellow, executive director, that's, that's just says like your purpose, right? When you and, and your birthday lines up for water safety and that you're going on your birthday to give back kudos. That is awesome. <laughs> well, thank you for being here with us. Um, Dr. Miriam Lynch, we are so grateful for your partnership, proud to be aligned with diversity and aquatics and, um, Grateful for the opportunity to bring this important information to all of our listeners. So um, listeners, if you would like review and subscribe to this podcast, but also go follow Diversity in Aquatics on Instagram and Facebook and anywhere else you can find them. Absolutely. Yeah. 
check us out. It's at Diversity in Aquatics, our full name, um, on all social media, except for Twitter, it's at Diversity in Aqua. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, thank you. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Miriam. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would, please um, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast and share with your friends and family. We would be so grateful. And with that, have a great week and we'll talk with you soon.